Amen. Oh, that's some good worship this morning. Amen. Let's give it up. Amen. For those of you who don't know me, my name is John Barnes. My wife and I, Ashley, we oversee family ministries here at the chapel. I also do the internship, and I've been going here, you know, ever since I was a baby. Um, I want to get into a little story with you. Last year, we lost a great man in our family. My, he's my grandfather-in-law, my wife's grandfather. His name is George Mackmer. We called him Papa. And, you know, this was a man that from day one, I remember the first day I went and, and, and hung out with my wife's family. It was only a few days after we started going out. I was, she was 13 years old and I was 15. And from day one, walking into that house, I can just remember the love and the acceptance and the welcoming that her, her family, but her grandparents kind of exhumed over me. You know, I'm just this 15-year-old nerd who's dating their their, their granddaughter, right? Like, they have no reason to be loving and accepting me. But that's, that's, that's what they did. So from day one, this is the type of legacy they started building with me, right? The remembrance, the things that I remember about them. And I can remember we took these trips. Um, her grandfather, her papa, her father, Zeroche, myself, and her uncles, we would take these trips to Pennsylvania. Um, we, we probably did four or five of them over the years. And... What we would do is we'd go to Pennsylvania. That's where her Uncle Dave, Dave lived. And it was just a guy's weekend. And we would go around town. We'd visit the local bars, try all the local food, um, and really just have a lot of bonding experience. And we'd go home. We'd be full. We'd be happy. And we would then just watch movies all night. And then we would do a guy's do. And we just made fun of each other the whole weekend. That's all we did, right? It was, just, it was a really good time. And I, I could just remember we'd be sitting there. It's her Uncle Dave's house. I got the floor because I'm the lowest guy in the pack at this point. And we would all be making fun of each other. We'd be like doing one-liners or zingers. And, and I could just remember Papa would be sitting there stoic and just happy. You could see the joy in his face. But he was also a very serious man at some times, or at least so I thought in some of these beginning years. And all of a sudden, one of us would shoot one of these zingers. I'd make fun of Zeroche. Well, at that point, let's be honest, I was too scared to do that. But he would be making fun of me. And Papa would have this, this laugh that came from, like, his soul, his belly. And it was one of those infectious laughs that just brought joy to you. And, man, I can still hear that in my head today. I can still hear that man laughing. And just, this man loved his family so much, it just poured out of him, right? He loved Jesus. He loved his family. He was accepting. He was patient with us. He was kind with us. I remember bringing the when we brought our grandkids around him, or even still in our younger years, every time we were around him, that man just showed us patience. He showed us love, and he, he built a relationship with us. And that's, man, I miss that man. I remember another story. This story I don't particularly miss, but it's a good one. We, <laughs> we were going to, um, Ashley's aunt was getting married to who is now her Uncle Paul. And we were, we were at a bachelor party for him, you know, campfire, barbecue, all this fun stuff. And on that way home that night, it was probably about 9 o'clock. And this is still later in the summer when um, the sun still set late. So the, the sky's still got a little bit of light in it, but it's getting dark. And we have myself and Zeroche, who's my father-in-law. We're sitting in the back seat. We're in a Mercury Mountaineer. I just want you to picture this with me. 
It's a silver Mercury Mountaineer with these like dark gray seats. We're sitting in the back. We've had a great night. Papa's in the driver's seat and her uncle Dave, which is Papa's son, is in the front seat. And we're driving home. Now, before I go any further in this story, it's important to know that this was a, a, gray, a gray area of Papa's life in the sense that his vision was going, it wasn't so great, but he wasn't willing to admit it. And why we were letting him drive, I'm not really sure. We're going down this hill after about five, ten minutes after we left the, the party. And I'm just kind of sitting there and I'm chatting with Zeroche and I'm like, man, we're going kind of fast. I, I think we're on like a 55-mile road. We're probably, in my head, I remembered it felt like 80, but we're, I doubt Papa was going that fast. But we're going down this hill and I look up and at the bottom of this hill was a red light. Mind you what I said, we're not slowing down. We're still cruising down this hill, going who knows what speed. And at the same time, I look over at Zeroche. Zeroche looks at me, and I kid you not, her eyes were like those Looney Tunes things. They were popping out of their heads, right? I was full and ready at that moment. I was like, all right, that's it. I'm meeting Jesus today. <laughs> I've lived an okay life. We'll be good. Luckily, Zeroche kind of snapped out of his panic, and he was like, Dad, wait! Red light, red light! Papa showed no concern whatsoever and just kind of came to a stop. He's like, I saw it. I don't think he did. We had a, a tribal meeting after that. We removed him from his driving capabilities at, <laughs> at least when we're with him after that. But you know, we had this great man in our lives. And now he's gone. You know, the past couple of years, I think we've all lost great people in our lives, people that we cared about, people that have been important to us. And it's gotten me really thinking about legacy. What am I leaving behind to those who love me? What am I leaving behind to the people who've, who've interacted with me, who have experienced a relationship with me, who have passed me by? What are they going to remember about me, if anything? What are they going to say about me, not at my funeral, but in those, those times after when people are reminiscing about me. You know, our life on earth is short. It's but a breath, really, in comparison to the eternity that waits before us. What are people going to remember about you? I want to take a look at Luke 6.45, and it says this. If you want to get there, you can follow along with me. It should be up there on the screen. It says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart, brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of his heart, sorry, of the heart, his mouth speaks. You know, whatever it is in our lives that we hold dearest, whatever it is that we set our sights on, whatever it is that we are most passionate about, that we are filling ourselves with is going to be the language that speaks to those around us. Not just to your loved ones, not just those that are close to you, but the people that you pass by in the store, the people that you work with. That is the language that is overflowing and pouring out from us. Whatever we are putting in is ultimately going to be what comes out. It becomes so much a part of you that others can't help be affected by that. So let me ask you this again. 
What is overflowing in your life today? Are you tired? Are you feeling burnt out? Are you feeling anxious? Are you feeling stressed? Are you angry? What is overflowing from you today? I remind you, our time here on this earth is short. If you are feeling run down, tired, and stressed, look, and it doesn't have to be. God sees you. He's not diminishing what it is that you're going through or what it is that you're feeling. Listen, I've been stressed out even just this week. As I prepared this message, do you know how many times I had to catch myself? Essentially, I was preaching to myself as I was putting this message together. My wife, I remember on Tuesday, she's like, what is wrong with you? You're so stressed out. I was like, oh, I gotta preach this message. And then I was like, oh, (laughs) what was pouring out for me that week? It definitely was affecting my family a little bit. You know, I had to catch it myself. I wanna tell you a little story. We all know Pastor Clint had passed away here recently. He was a man that was so near and dear to my heart, somebody who had so much influence on who I was as a person, a man that loved Jesus. And let me tell you, that man, there was no doubt, had Jesus overflowing in his life. And I remember when I started, all from when I started the internship that I'm doing now to where I'm at, it's been a few years, I would, Clint was my mentor in that time, and I would complain to him weekly. I'm talking, I would go to him, I would vent, I would complain, like, Clint, I'm so stressed out. I've got, I've got this, I'm, I'm trying to run, I'm trying to start a business. I'm, I'm doing that. I've got a lot of work going on. I'm doing the internship. Um, I'm serving, you know, in multiple different places every week. I'm just, uh, I don't know what to do. I've got no time for playing my video games and the things that I want to do. Like, I'm feeling stressed out. I mean, that was, that was like, that's pretty much how our weekly meetings went. And I don't know if you know Clint, he was just kind of sitting there like, okay, okay. You could see, I could see, I started to see it in his eyes, right? Again, not that my stresses aren't important. God sees that, but he, he said to me this one time, and it struck me deep. He goes, he goes, John, let me ask you a question. He goes, do you feel, and he already knew the answer to this question because I've told him it before, so he's kind of setting me up on this one. He goes, do you feel that God has called you to walk this path that you are on now? I said, well, yeah, you know that. And he goes, listen, he goes, life is tough, but Jesus is tougher. And he goes, I want to encourage you. Yes, amen. I want to encourage you to sit down with God and ask him what in your life do you need to change? What needs to be re-evaluated in your life so that you can keep walking this path? Because listen, he said, this path isn't for you. God sees you, God hears you, God wants great things for you, but this, this overall plan isn't for you, it's for him, it's for his kingdom. And if you will allow him, he's going to use you to do great things. You know, in the moment when I heard that, I was annoyed. I'm complaining to you and you're telling me to shut up. But man, that changed the course of how I thought about everything that I was doing. 
you know, it is tough and it is stressful having so much on my plate. And I'm not saying you need to overbear yourself to a point of where you can't do anything. But I had a confidence that I was walking the path where I should have had the confidence that I was walking the path that God laid before me. Because let me tell you, I wasn't overflowing with Jesus in that point. I was letting my stress, my anxiety, my, my frustrations be what's overflowing in my life there. And you know, why did I believe Clint in that? Why did I take that to heart? Because he is a man who demonstrated the exact advice he just gave me in his everyday life. That man so much sought after the heart of God that that is what poured out from him. And he had the ability to see the potential in you that Jesus placed in you. And he, was, and he, you know, he felt it was his calling in life to help you pull that out, and that man was going to do it. That's the language. That's the legacy that he set up building and poured out from him. That is why I believed him. That's why I trusted him. That's why those words affected me and helped change me for the better. What is pouring out from you guys today? What is overflowing from you? What are you doing that is affecting those around you? I challenge you to take a look at that. I'm not saying you need to take on crazy things and serve here and serve, serve here and serve there. I challenge you to understand God's heart and what he wants you to do and take that. Amen? If you are running after God and he is the foundation that you are building your life on, that the things that he called you to be will be. They will be the fruit that your life produces and it will be from that reservoir in which you overflow. Amen. We all know this verse, at least most of us. Galatians 22, sorry, 5, 22 to 23 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. What is pouring out from you today? I say it again, it's not because your stresses and your anxieties and whatever you have going on isn't important. God is saying he wants to take you, he wants to walk with you, that he wants to pour into you anew so that what is pouring out of you are not the things of this world but him. Because it's not about us, it's about his kingdom, it's about everyone around you, it's about the legacy that you're setting up. You know, oftentimes when we think of legacy, I think a lot of people go to what's the, what's the monetary value that this person has left behind? What's the estate? What are their properties? But I think the most important and valuable forms of legacy are the things that are intangible, sorry, intangible that we leave behind. Our love. How we treated people. How we acted. What made us us? What are people reminiscing about? That is the true value because those are the things that challenge those around you to change while you're doing it here in life now and when you're gone. I don't know about you, but I want that to be Jesus. You know, when my wife and I, we bought her grandparents' house because the first day that I walked in there, I said, man, I'd love to live in a house like this someday. Lo and behold, we ended up buying it. We live in it now. And I cannot tell you how many hundreds of times over the past, and I think it's like it's been seven, eight years that we were living there, 
that we called Papa. And his vision may have been gone. He hasn't been in that house in years. We would call him up and be like, Papa, the red wire under the fourth quadrant of the floor in this ceiling, and we would tell him, and he would know exactly what we were talking about. Or if we didn't know what the problem was, that man could t- write you a diagram of the house and tell us exactly how to fix it. I can't tell you how many times we called him to, to, to work on the pool. You would think it would be simple, right? The same chemical composition after it rains, the same this. Every time we would call Papa, I can hear it in his voice. He would just go, <sighs> boom, he would go. That man had patience. That man had love for us. That's what poured out of him. These are the things that I remember about him. These are the things that I remember about Clint. These great men in my life that built a legacy of love after Jesus. Listen, these are the things that people are going to talk about you after you pass. These are the ways in which they're going to remember you when you're sitting there reminiscing. What is overflowing from you guys today? What is pouring out? What is so much of your being that it can't be contained? You might be sitting there, okay, it's like, okay, cool. We want to overflow. We want to show people the love of Jesus. But how? What do we got to do? Let's take a look at this. It says it here in Luke 6, verses 27 to 31. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If someone slaps you on the cheek, turn to them the other also. If someone takes your coat, do not withhold the shirt from them. Give to everyone who asks you, and if anyone takes what belongs to you, do not demand it back. Do to others as you would have done to them do to you. If you want to understand God, if you want to understand God's heart, this is what we do. Why? Because that's what he did. That's what he's still doing. A world of sinners Right, we were in sin. We were set apart from God. We were essentially we were his enemies at that point. He sent his only son. He came down in human form to die on the cross for you, an enemy. Somebody who you may have rebuked him. You 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 may still be thinking that. You may still want nothing to do with him, but he loves you so much and he loved you so much that that's what he did. That's what he set his son to do. He's Jesus came to live the example of how God wants you to live, to die for those around you, to love those. Because let me tell you, the world's going to hate you for being a Christian. It's going to naturally want to reject you because Jesus and sin can't be in the same place. What is overflowing from you today? What better way to build a legacy, to live a legacy, to be building it now than to do exactly what Jesus did here on this earth, to strive for that, to do what God did. You know, when people cut you off on the road, that's probably the easiest time to yell out some words. No one's seeing you. You're just letting out that frustration. I don't know, maybe your kids are in the car. Maybe they're not. But if you let that be what starts to pour out of you, then that's the well that you're filling up. When you're walking in the store and you got those people who are standing in the aisle 
having a conversation and you can't get through and you got three screaming kids in your cart. I wasn't there last week. Yeah, I was. What are you pouring out? I'm not saying you need to approach them and say, Jesus, right? But what I'm saying is, what are you letting come out of you in that moment? What are you filling that well with? In order to leave behind a legacy, in order to be building a life that is honoring to God, that reflects Jesus to where you are overflowing with that, we need to first allow ourselves to be transformed by Christ. Amen? Matthew 6.33 says this. If I can have someone from the worship team come up, I'll be wrapping up here in a minute. It says, but seek first his kingdom and righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. What are we saying? Don't worry about everything else. Seek first his kingdom, what God has, Jesus' kingdom, God's kingdom. Seek that first. Proverbs 4, 20 to 24. My son, pay attention to what I say. Listen closely to my words. Do not let them out of your sight. Keep them within your heart, for they are the life to those who find them and health to a man's whole body. Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. What is your wellspring today? What are you filling yourself with? What is overflowing? I keep saying it because it's important. Dive into a relationship with Christ. Fervently seek after him. Read your Bible. Study your scripture. There's plenty of resources out there. There's Bible in a year plans on the Bible app. There's verses apps that help you read scriptures each day. I don't care where you are at in the walk, but I challenge you to take it a step further because listen, being changed by God, yeah, he can come in, he can save you, you can accept him as your Lord and Savior. But in order to walk that life, we need to make those decisions each and every day. If you wanna make a difference in the lives around you, the people that you come in contact with then put into practice the things of God. We saw that up here in the verses Luke that I read, being kind to those who hate you, to turn the other cheek. Make time for those around you who are in need. We all have stressful, busy lives. But there's a lot of us around here who are hurting and we need a shoulder to walk with, somebody to help carry us, somebody to rely on, to lean on. I'm not saying you need to tackle everything, but you listen to God and listen to what he's asking you to do. And the more you listen to that voice, the more that you practice it, the easier it becomes because he is asking you to move forward. He is asking you to step out, to speak to that person in the grocery store, to speak to that new person in church, to challenge your fellow brother and sisters in their walk, to lift them up, to take on their burdens with them. We aren't meant to do this alone. And if you want to leave behind a legacy, if you want to build that legacy, if you want to overflow Jesus, you need to practice it and put it in yourself first. We have crews here. So we have crews, amen. The whole point, gather together. Iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Let's get sharper together. Build those relationships. Seek after Christ together. Challenge each other. 
fill yourselves with Jesus with those around you who are also seeking the same thing. Let your life be a legacy forming that speaks the love of Jesus to everyone around you. Listen, I say it again. It's not because your problems, your stresses, and the things going on in your life aren't important. Jesus sees that. He wants to change it. We've already gone over this. We're not meant to do it alone. Listen, we have all the resources here. With the church, we brought on a licensed therapist. I see him weekly. Because I, through much encouragement of my wife as well, realized, listen, I have a heart to know that I want to see people realize the love that Jesus has for them. That is the heart. That is the, the task that Jesus has placed on my life. And I want to see it through. But I had things that I needed to work through that were preventing me from fully letting Jesus love me. I have my stresses. I had my first ever panic attack a year ago. And that carried over through this entire last year. I had several more since. I've experienced anxiety like I never had before. I've been abused in more than one way as a child. I had things that I needed Jesus to truly work on. So take advantage of what we have here. Take advantage of the family. Take advantage of Jesus. In order to leave a legacy that honors God, we need to first be transformed by him. What is overflowing from you guys today? Maybe you're sitting out there right now and you, maybe you've walked away. Maybe you've got so much going on in your life that you didn't even realize you weren't letting Jesus love you. Maybe you weren't putting him in. Maybe you want to take that step for the first time. You don't have to raise your hand, but I want to say a prayer with you this morning. I want to give you the opportunity to start filling your well with Jesus. And listen, it's not an easy walk. There's trials and there's challenges. I'm not going to lie to you with that. But what you do here today, what you do in this short breath of life, has consequences that last for an eternity for you and potentially those around you. And I want to take that seriously, and I challenge you to do the same. Jesus loves you. Let's not hide that. Let's not just come to church, sing some songs and hear a message and go about our lives. Let's bring Jesus to those around us. Let that be so much of who you are that you don't even have to think about it, that it just comes out of you, that it just overflows from you. Listen, these men that I talked about, Papa, Pastor Clint, they weren't these, they were regular men like People like you and I. It's the power of Jesus that makes a difference. It's the effect of Jesus in our life that has an eternal effect. Yes. Father God, I thank you for your word. Lord, if you're out there today, guys, and you just, you want to take Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you want to renew that strength. 
you can say this prayer. Father God, I know that I am a sinner. I have been walking my own path. Lord, but today I want to renounce my ways and ask that Jesus come into my life as Lord and Savior to walk with me, to guide me, to be my Christ. Father God, I want to walk with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's give it up for those who took that step. If that is you today, if you said that prayer, please find somebody after service. Find a leader. I want to I ask some of the, the elders of the prayer team to come up this morning. If you want, we'll be up here to pray for you. We want to let you know that we're here together. We want to walk this life with you. Because we know that Jesus has so many great things for you and he has called you to be so much better and to be so much more through him than you could even possibly imagine. Amen. Thank you.